with Matthew chapter 28 towards the end records what we call the great to quit bringing the water to the well, most of you may even be able to quote it along with me that's what most to, of our church is again. now we bring the, the water then the 11 disciples the went well. away into Galilee this is to a mountain where, where Jesus had appointed them and when needed. they saw him they worshiped him but the water some belongs doubted in the dry Again, places. I could take you to places in the other Gospels where doubting Thomas, let me touch the. I remember the, it's the, not the at this church. Side. I'm so thankful. I'm so blessed. Hands. This church is incredible. Many of the, the, the all of the Gospels heart, the have my wife some and I part of this story. And, and, and we were there at the end. The statement somebody had the audacity. See, and Jesus came, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, This is one of them. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Brandon, how come? And this is where I want you to get This is what we call the great about Acts 2.38. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with I want you, you look always, at him and said, even unto the, the end of the world. The reason I keep telling Acts 2.38 is because as long as Whether there's a hungry Matthew, soul Mark, in the building, I've kind of, here's what I figured, are you ready for this? Those. Brother is Jonathan, that you leave that gospel adult. and you walk straight into I've the book I've kind of figured if you're hungry, you know how to either make regardless yourself of who wrote it, regardless of the time frame that they wrote it. Some of the gospels were written Scarlet earlier. Zeke some of the gospels were written later in time. But know, the understanding the is you leave this place ago, feed Zeke a and you walk into the book of Acts. And I want to tell you how we can do that as a church. And uh, through the help of the Lord, we're going to do that. I wonder if you could close your eyes I, I and ask the Lord to speak Christian. to us right now. Let him speak Christians to you. Open your heart, open your mind pastor. to receive. Father, you don't have to feed this me. message is for each and every one I, of us I, I know how to read my Bible. God, there's not to, one who can look on across own. the aisle and, you know, and say, honest, I hope pastor, so and so is listening If you don't Lord, do anything for me in this service, that's okay. But I happen to notice so and so back there desperately needs a touch from God. Why don't you preach to a hungry soul? Why don't you reach somebody else? Why don't you bring the Water to the dry and the thirsty. Jesus. Amen and amen. You can, can I tell you, be seated. That, that it's very interesting when we come being a penguin, to uh, it's tiring. what we call the, the Great, Great Commission. commission. The Great tiring. Commission was simply this. There's four I've, elements I've to the Great Commission. Penguins. Are you ready? The first one is go. <laughs> the second one is to teach. Now I got to go back. The to third the, is to, to baptize, and the fourth one says to teach them, the or as some people bit. have said, so it's to you. make them, not make them get baptized. I'll explain that in a minute. But make them go. I want to talk because baptize. Right now, I'm so very thankful and for then this help that cycle here, Here's what I'm getting at. By uh, making I, I'm going to follow disciples. more and preach some more as you know. As the it's very pass, interesting. I, 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 as I have done a, a very systematic study of the book of Acts, our, our, I am amazed that, the, that the Great Commission, but, uh, you see it play out throughout the chapters in the book of Acts. The Great Commission I, 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 was not something that sounded good and resides and, there and in, in the back of Matthew chapter 28. But the Great Commission was designed to be spoken by Jesus and then done by those that followed. See, I think it's absolutely dumb The Great Commission was not only for to, the, to give the to grow and disciples. Go it was not only for an apostle by the name of Paul. But can so I tell you today, the Great Commission, that word, that commandment must still ring throughout you and my life today and I, I hope before tonight is over you some will be you, able to answer right this now, question number one in fact, am I in fulfilling the great commission and number two how can I that, 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 or that how can I do better in fulfilling the great commission 
He's sitting I would there like with to go on record, his, and I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. He's been there for weeks. The way that we all do his church body fat is, going is not away, the way and he's that the book of Acts tells us to do church. The, the in fact, the very often, do I and, and, are and not doing very everything often, not very often, that, that do you warm, open the book of Acts and find a beautiful church building and beautiful singing and instruments and somebody behind the platform and behind the pulpit preaching, and then everybody gets a good sermon, hopefully, and then you go home and you wait until the next Sunday or you wait till the next Wednesday. That is not the call of the church and that is not what the church is. The church is not designated as a once or twice or maybe even three times a week gathering place for the saints of God. You, my friend, are the church. This is just a place where we can come and get refilled. This is a place where we can come and make sure that we hear the word of God and learn. But the idea is simple. When you leave these doors, you leave as the church. This building does not have any power in it. This building does not have any glory in it. In fact, sometimes it's leaked. It's been on fire before. Sometimes there's been holes that have been put in the wall. This building is not going to do anything for anybody, but it's who is inside this building. I've been, I've been on the mission field a few times. I've sat on wood trees in the middle of an open air building with just some tin on the top and watch God move as and effortlessly as it has when I have walked into multi-million dollar sanctuaries because the building doesn't matter. It's those inside the building. I, I am so thankful, and I, I do not take it lightly. I am thankful, humbled to be and serve as your pastor. For the last 10 years, in fact, in June of this year, my wife and I will celebrate our 10th pastoral anniversary. I am amazed at what God has done in this church. I'm amazed at what God has done in my life, and I'm thankful to be your pastor. And I will tell you that each one of us needs a pastor. The Bible says that God has given us a five-fold ministry. Pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers. Pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers. Who am I missing? Apostles. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes I need a Stacy to help me out. But the Bible says, do you know what it says after that five-fold ministry? It does not say those were given to save the world. It says those, those five-fold pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, and, and evangelists. See, I, I got to do them in the right order. I'm going to mess myself up. I didn't write this in my notes because I thought I had it in my head. Obviously, I need to go back to writing it in my notes. But the, the Bible says, Brother Jared, those were not called to evangelize the world. If you read your Bible, it says this. Those are for the perfecting of the saints. They help us get better. They help us learn. They help us find our place and our calling in the house of God. But I'm here to tell you that if you are depending on your pastor, to, and I'm talking about the office of the pastor. I'll talk about the, the man, Brandon Buford. You need to depend on the man, Brandon Buford, to reach the lost. But let me just talk about the office of the pastor. The office of the pastor was never designed to evangelize this world. 
the office of the pastor and the way that we do church. See, here's the problem, and I I told you this morning, those of you who were in our our morning service, I kind of gave you my title. I changed it a little bit, and I'll tell you my title here in a moment, but I told you I was going to talk about penguins. But what I haven't told you I was going to talk about is I was going to talk about storks. You know, if if I say the word storks, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Anybody? Baby. In fact, when Zeke, if, if, you, uh, if, if you look at Zeke, you'll notice he's got two little, little red marks kind of on his eyelids. And then right at the back of the nape of his neck, he's got kind of a red. It looks like a rash, but it's not. When it came out, those were more pronounced. And, and, and the doctor said, oh, he's got a stork bite. That's what they called that, stork bite. This, this analogy of storks and babies has been around for a long time. But it was really popularized by, by, I believe, Hans Christian Andersen who began to do it. And it, and, and it came in a time and place where, where people were a little more staid. People kind of didn't like to talk about what happens with our bodies. And, and I understand. And, and so rather than talk about the natural understanding of how babies are made, they, they decided they needed a way to explain how babies came about without offending the sensibilities of the Victorian era. So on one hand, the mom and dad were doing their best to teach their kid, do not lie, because that's bad. But in the other hand, they were saying, babies come from storks. Y'all kind of figured that out. You get pictures like this. Depending on where, depending, because honestly, the, the, the understanding of storks did not come just from Hans Christian Andersen. It, it, it had been around for a while, and depending on what part of the world you go to, there's some different understandings of this. But I, I, I want to tell you today that unfortunately, this understanding is how too many of us view the church. It goes like this. Uh, one of the, one of the, the, the stork legends, I think it hails from Germany, says that the stork would go into a cave where there were stones, stork stones. Those stones would form into babies. If you wanted a baby, you just put some candy on your window and the stork would come and that's how the stork would know you wanted a baby. The stork would fly into the cave and the stork would pick up one of those stork stones and it would miraculously uh, transform into a baby. You listen to this, Brother Andy, Sister Morgan. This is, this, won't you understand how it works? This is how it works. Just a little candy on the windowsill. You'll be doing good. And so it is. <laughs> I just messed them up all night. I'm sorry. And so what the understanding was is the stork would fly and it would wrap that stone. It would turn into a baby. And then the stork would come, depending again on on, on what variation of the thing. The stork would either lay the baby in that swaddling clothes on the, on the, uh, the, the front door. By the way, have you ever noticed that the real nursery rhymes were pretty violent and crazy? You ever notice that? Because in, in, the, in one of the most original understandings of the stork legend, the stork drops the baby down the chimney. Because that's awesome. Hope you're not cooking. And so it is. So, so the stork brings the baby. Mom and dad get this baby. Mom and dad, and I'm not trying to, to cross any boundaries or lines, but in, in this legend, mom and daddy didn't have to do anything. Mommy and daddy just, they, they get a baby and all is well. The stork brings it. <laughs> 
See, unfortunately, too many times, that's the way the people, way sometimes us, view the church. If we'll just have church and if we'll come to church and if we'll have good music and good worship and we'll look good and we'll hear a good sermon, then somehow God is going to magically drop little baby Christians and baby, uh, you, you know, babes in Christ at our doorstep and you didn't have to do anything and it's just voila, it's there and the church grows. But that's not how it is. In fact, I want to challenge you. The, the, the concept of this, now I've, I've taken it a bit farther uh, than what is in this book, but the concept of this comes from Brother Gleason's book. It says simply follow to lead the journey of a disciple maker. I, I want to challenge everyone here. I, I wish I could buy one for each one of you, but I'm buying some Bible studies and I think I need you to teach the Bible studies, so I'm going to ask you to invest and get a book. You can go to the Pentecostal Publishing House and you can buy it. And if you can't get there, I'm going to help you out. And I'm not trying to disparage Pentecostal Publishing House. You can go to Amazon. That's the easiest thing you can do. Go to Amazon, type in Stan Gleason. Right now you can get the Kindle version for $9.99 or I think the paper version is $13.99. This book will change your life. I've been reading through it. If you go through it, you're going to see... You're going to see places where I've highlighted in it. Because when Brother Gleason was preaching at General Conference, something grabbed hold of me, and I've told you that I had been dealing with this and wrestling with this for months before last year's General Conference. And God began to speak and began to let me understand that the stork mentality isn't working. See, the Great Commission was a commission for any believer that chooses to follow Christ. So let me ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hand. This is internal. Number one, do you want to follow Christ? Do you want to follow his commandments? Are you filled with his spirit? Has God filled you with his glory, meaning that you have the same power that Peter and James and John and Paul have? Is that power living in you? If you answered yes to any of those, then you are called to follow the Great Commission. The Great Commission consists of four things. The first one, go. 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 I'm convinced that in our mentality of a church, we've lost that commandment. We like commandments like come. Come to church. Come into the presence of God. Come and get what you need. Come and soak up his glory. Come and be a part of something great. But the Lord says, no, I'm calling you to go. Here's the key. Look through the book of Acts. I, I preached on this just a, uh, maybe even last Sunday. I, I think it was part of the sermon last Sunday and maybe even the Sunday before. But the thing that allowed the church of God to grow in the book of Acts was because there were people that were willing to go. Some of them went because of persecution that scattered the church. Others went because the call of God came. Listen, there would be no revival in Ethiopia if there wasn't a man named Philip that was willing to go to a desert and, and say, I don't even know why I'm going. But while he was walking around the desert, he bumped into somebody that was hungry. Go. Maybe we don't have any deserts here, but if I could give you perhaps another understanding of this, 
I could tell you that you need to go. In fact, one translation, someone help me include me in on, one translation of this word go, it could also be translated as, as you are going. So could I challenge you today? I'm I'm not preaching anything deep, and then I'm going to end it with a large visual picture, word picture. But could I tell you that as you are going, as you're going to the grocery store, would you go with the understanding that God has given you a great commission? As you go out to eat tonight after church, would you go with the understanding that God has called you and included you in the great commission? As you go to work, would you go saying, Lord, I know I'm going to make some money and make sure I got some insurance so I can pay all the crazy doctor bills, but Lord, I don't want my focus to be on a 40-hour work week and just going home, but somewhere in that captivity of a work week, would you let me, as I'm going to work, as I'm walking through work, would you help me Make a disciple. See, this is something that messes us up. We like to think that only Jesus makes disciples. For, for, for I mean, it, it makes sense. Jesus called the disciples, right? Went to the seashore and called Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, yeah. He went to the tax house and called Ma- Matthew. Other places he called them. But all you have to do is look in the book of Acts, and you will find that making disciples is not something that only Jesus did. Jesus was showing you how. Because what I find is that Peter, and and Peter and Paul are the main uh, influences in in the book of Acts. You see them a lot, and so I'm just calling them out. You find that Peter, he got a hold of some young men, and, and you'll typically find Peter with someone else. Paul had Silas, Paul had Barnabas, Paul had John Mark. In fact, you need to go back, I'm trying to remember when, it's been, been two or three weeks ago. If you weren't here, you need to go back and go to our website, wherever you can go, and hear the message preached by my father on, on Paul and, and Silas. It is one of the most masterful messages on that, and he didn't even know this is what I'm preaching, but that tells you how important it is that you have somebody that you are leading to Jesus Christ and discipling them. See, I'm, I'm trying to spread the wealth. I'm saying that I don't have to be the only one that is involved in the lives of those that need the Lord. I love it when you answer that. That might be someone that wants a Bible study. Just grab it right now and tell them I'm ready to teach a Bible study. Pastor said, let's go. I, I wasn't even looking. I don't even know whose phone that was. So, But the first one is to go. I would like to tell you that God desires that you would be in a relationship with someone, and I don't mean that in the, in the boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband and wife way. But I want to tell you that in order for the church to grow, you have to be in contact with someone. There needs to be a relationship, a friendship, something that is, that is there. It is not about strangers. It is about relationships. And I want to tell you that God emulated that in the very sense that God died for you. Think about that. That's how much God loved you, that he was willing to go to the cross. And he asks you and I, he says, would you be willing to invest and sacrifice in the lives of those around you? The second one is teach. The Bible says in teach all nations, 
That word teach is not just relegated to those people like Paul who knew the scriptures. Because if you look in the book of Acts, you're going to find that all walks of life got involved in that teaching. It happened around riverbanks. It happened around dye pits when they were dyeing fabric. It happened in synagogues. It happened in homes. It happened in prisons. It happened in, in courtrooms. It happened in Caesar's palace. Everywhere they went, they were teaching. It became the heartbeat of the book of Acts. So I ask you today, and I, I'm putting you on the spot. Right now, if I handed the mic, could you tell me, with some scripture, could you tell me what it means and how we're saved? If I handed the mic and said, Pastor can no longer preach, it's going to be up to you. Can you enunciate what the Lord has said about salvation? Just because I've been around this long enough and I've sat where you've sat, sometimes you get the thing and if I asked you, you would have the horrid look on your face and you would say, no, I can't. Listen to me, friend. Whatever it takes, you need to learn how to preach, how to teach, how to speak, repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If that's the only verse you know, you need to know it frontwards and backwards. You need to have it in your Bible. You need to carry it in your wallet. You need to make sure that at the drop of a hat, you can remind them, but please don't stop there. Why don't you take them to Matthew Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit He cannot enter into the kingdom of God For that which is born of flesh is flesh But that which is born of spirit is spirit And the wind blows where it listeth And you don't know where it's coming from But you hear the sound thereof So is the same of those that are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost I'm wanting somebody to grab a hold of this And say no matter who's hungry I've got the entree just learn to listen. In fact, you've seen it on the back. We're going to put another table. They needed the table uh, for, the, for the Save Our Children. But hopefully you've seen it over the last couple of weeks. And I hadn't had a chance to talk about it. But we've been investing. Remember, that's our theme this year. We've been investing. These are called one-hour Bible studies. They're so easy. All you got to do, if you can read, you can do this. If you can't read, I'll do it on tape for you so you can have it. I'll do a podcast. But all you got to do is read and fill in the blanks. You do it with someone. All you got to do is have one of these. We've got them available because I don't ever want you to get to the place where you don't know how to help someone hear the gospel. I've started writing in my Bible. You know that. I've started writing in my Bible, and I've started in Acts chapter 2. I'll write notes that remind me to flip over to, to Matthew chapter 3. And in Matthew chapter 3, I write a few notes that help me flip over to here. And so I want you to begin to be intentional about teaching. Here's one for anyone can do it, but here's one for the young people. It's called a Bible study in a bag. It's incredible. Those of you that have P7 clubs, you need to tell Sister Roche how many of these you want and you need to get them in the hands of everybody there. You want one that's a little bigger? Here's one written by my mother's brother, Brother Tim Mitchell. It's called the Way More Perfectly. And really, you can hand it to someone, they can read it, and it will tell them. 
here at the Lighthouse, we're working on a Bible study that we're going to get professionally printed and we're going to get it into the hands of everyone that you can take because the Bible says, go and teach. I'm going to do my best. I preach sometimes three sermons a week. Sometimes I have other people preach. But I'm telling you, if you're relying on my preaching to save this city, it's not going to happen. The only way this city is going to be reached is if you and then me outside of this pulpit will get inside of us. The God said, go and teach. You don't have to have a minister's license. You don't have to be called of God in some supernatural way. I'm telling you, each and every person that is under the sound of my voice, you are called to reach the lost by teaching them a home Bible study. Then the next one is we are called to go, teach, and baptize. What that means is We're not just wanting to give them a head knowledge. Our Bible studies are bringing each one to a place where they hear the gospel, they hear the response of the gospel, and they say as the Ethiopian eunuch said, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? I'm here to tell you that each and every one of us this year needs to get to the place where we have gone, we have taught, And we have helped lead them to a place where they say, I want to be baptized. I want to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we begin to see that happen over and over and over. This year we've already baptized Miss Shalen. Hopefully next Sunday, Lord willing, and she wants to. We've had an issue with our baptismal tank. We have a company that's, that's working on it. They had to order a part, and it has not come in yet. But uh, as soon as we get it fixed, Sister Lily says she's ready to be baptized in Jesus' name. I've been talking to some others around here, and you've said, Pastor, I'm about ready to get baptized. Yes, you need to be baptized because somebody is teaching you the word of God. And then the third, fourth thing is a teach again or make, and that is you complete the cycle. One of the greatest things that I've seen over the last year or so is sitting on this front row, Brother Steve Williams. Now, Brother Steve, honestly, well, your son played a huge part of you being here. And he didn't even know it. He, he was not in a good place himself, but, but, but his, his teaching gave you. But in my eyes, you were a stork baby. You just plopped down on the front door out here one Wednesday afternoon, and I didn't know who you were. I didn't know who invited you, and it was just a stork baby. But I begin to realize that even though God sometimes people just walk in, there's still a commission that is called. I began to talk to him very quickly. I was able to hand off a Bible study to Brother Perryman. And, and, and I know at some, at some point Brother Wyatt, our, our Brother uh, Sponsor, uh, was in on that. Sister Stacy was in on that. And there was a Bible study that began to go. And because of that Bible study, because of that teaching, uh, Brother Steve got baptized and Brother Steve got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. But I can tell you right now, there is something moving because I've been talking to Brother Steve and he's ready to do that fourth step. And that is he's ready to find something someone he can teach a home Bible study to. He's ready to find someone he can lead and the circle keeps going. I make a disciple, they make a disciple. I take another disciple, they make a disciple because God has not called us to be storks. God has called us to be penguins. 
And I want to preach to you. This was all my introduction. Now let's get to the meat of it. It's very simple. I want to be a penguin. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to be a penguin. I want to be a penguin. If you don't get anything out of this sermon, as crazy as it might be, I want you to listen to me. Because there is something found in the difference of a penguin versus a stork that if you and I will get a hold of this, it will turn this church upside down. See, a penguin, they are in the, well, the, the penguins I'm talking about, these are the emperor penguins. They happen to live around and in Antarctica. In Antarctica, that's the southern hemisphere and so the Richardsons, they understand this. Not all of us do, but remember in the southern hemisphere, the seasons are switched. So when we're having our summer, they're having their winter. And so in a penguin, the breeding cycle begins in their autumn, which is April. It's around April that the sea ice around Antarctica begins to reform and it gets thick enough to support the thousands upon thousands of penguins. Every year around April, Penguins will gather in as they've kind of scattered through the summer. They'll begin to gather in to that same location. The first thing that they will do is they will find their mates, or if they've not had a mate, they'll find a new one. And you got to imagine it's kind of hard when you all look the same. So it is, there's a lot of activity around that colony. If you've ever seen any planet Earth or some of the documentaries, it's a pretty elaborate courtship. It's noisy, it's raucous. They're going around trying to find their mate. They sing their songs. They perform their courtship behaviors. They'll bow their head. They'll swing their head. They'll wiggle the tail. They'll walk around until they find the one they were looking for. After breeding, the female produces one egg. It's very important. There's a lot of things in this world that breed and give you thousands. Mosquitoes are one of them. I don't like mosquitoes. I kind of wish that Noah would have swatted the two mosquitoes on the ark. It would have saved us a lot of difficulties. Mice breed quite rapidly. I don't really like mice. A lot of the things that breed out of control are not the things that I want to emulate and the church is the same. I don't I have never and do never want to pray for a hundred soul revival until I know this church can sustain a hundred soul revival. Instead, I'm taking my my view from this penguin one egg. One egg. It's interesting when that egg is is hatched the temperature could very well be a negative 35 degrees. Yet that egg, and that's 35 degrees Celsius, that egg has to be kept toasty warm at 38 degrees Celsius. From negative to positive. Can you imagine how hard that is? By the way, there's not a lot of trees in Antarctica. It's not like you go and build you a nice pretty nest. Instead, something crazy happens. It is that there, in, 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 when, that lay, when that girl, that, that, that egg is, is hatched, she gives that egg to her partner. And that, that, that partner puts his feet together, the man, and puts that egg on top of his feet. 
And in one of those pictures, I don't remember which one, uh, Brother, Brother Mike, there's a picture of, of it right there. That egg is on top of that penguin, the male penguin's feet. And then there's another picture that shows it's, it's, it's uh, I don't remember which one it is, but there's a flap on these penguins that they can put over that egg like a blanket. And they sit there. Are you ready for this? They sit there for 65 to 75 days and they never move. I'm trying to be a better husband and, and dad with Zeke. I'm trying to, to handle some of the load, but I might would lose my mind if you handed me Zeke and then you left for 65 days because that's exactly what the ladies do. You see, the ladies leave after they have given that egg. They leave and they make a long trip back to the ocean. Remember, this is the middle of winter. There's ice that goes for miles. It's a long trip. And they go and they eat for those 65 days. Those girl penguins, they do nothing but swim and eat and swim and eat and swim and eat until they fatten themselves up and they get a layer of blubber around them. It's something that will sustain them. Meanwhile, the dads are back in the back uh, and, and those, those eggs are there. And for seven, 65 to 75 days those males fast because they know if they move that egg will die after 65 or 75 days of incubation that chick hatches at that point, they are tiny. They don't have a lot of down or, or, or feathers. And so they are unable to regulate their own temperature. And so for another 50 days, that little chick has to stay beneath his dad. But now mom has come back and mom is fattened up. And mom is able to sustain that chick. While the dad, who's now emaciated and is starving to death, makes a trip. And he goes and he gets fed. And now they begin to rotate one stays with the baby the other goes and eat another one comes back takes care of the kid for another 50 days finally it is when they feel like that chick is old enough to regulate its body temperature both the mom and the dad will leave and they will leave that little chick in the in the uh uh in a group called the, uh, and I think this is how you pronounce it a creech it's a group of penguins that are kind of like babysitters and they gather all the baby penguins together and they watch it while mom and dad hunt for food until finally that little chick is grown. You say, Pastor, why are you giving me the biological life uh, span of a penguin it's because the more I look at it and the more I see the great commission the more I realize I've got to be a penguin if I'm ever going to make a disciple I want you to do me a favor I want you to turn off the, the live stream please you can stop recording as well back in, in, Jan, in, in, in uh, uh, September with everything that I've got, that it's time for us to quit bringing the water to the well. That's what most of our church is, to be honest. We bring the water to the well. This is not where the water is needed. The water belongs in the dry places. 
I remember it's not at this church, and I'm so thankful. I'm so blessed. This church is incredible, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. But another church that my wife and I was at, and, and, and we were there, the statement, somebody had the audacity. See, there, there's a few things that will make me fighting mad. This is one of them. I heard a saying of God look at me, and he said, he said, Brandon, how come almost every time you get up to preach, you talk about Acts 2.38? I've already been saved. I don't need to hear that again. I don't want to punch him. Is that okay for a pastor to say? I wanted to look at him and said, you're an idiot. The reason I keep telling Acts 2.38 is because as long as there's a hungry soul in the building, I've kind of, here's what I figured. Are you ready for this? Brother Jonathan, you're in a grown adult. I've kind of figured if you're hungry, you know how to either make yourself something to eat or you can go find you something to eat. Scarlet and Zeke are not that way. I know we don't eat in church, but I had to watch my mother just a few minutes ago feed Zeke a bottle because it was either that or Zeke was going to scream. I, I, I want some mature Christians. Christians that can come to church and say, Pastor, you don't have to feed me today. I know how to read my Bible. I know how to how to pray on my own. And, you know, to be honest, Pastor, if you don't do anything for me in this service, that's okay. But I happen to notice so-and-so back there desperately needs a touch from God. Why don't you preach to a hungry soul? Why don't you reach somebody else? Why don't you bring the water to the dry and the thirsty? Can I tell you that that being a penguin... Is tiring. The Great Commission is tiring. I've I've done a lot of research on penguins. <laughs> I never thought I would. Now I got to go back to the. Or I want to go to the zoo and I want to go hang out in the penguin house a little bit and say I talked about you. I want to talk, because right now, and I'm so very thankful for this, because here, here's where I'm getting at. Uh, I, I'm going to follow more and preach some more as, as the months pass. I'm going to preach more on Brother Gleason's book and some other things that the Lord has given me about shifting our, our, our church culture and shifting the way we are. But uh, I'm very thankful because I, 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 I've tried to do some things behind the scenes and, and in my own life and some of y'all's lives that it's not just what I'm preaching, but there's some practicing what I'm preaching. Is that fair? See, I think it's absolutely dumb to ask you to give to, to give to grow and go sell something you have and me sit back and not do anything. So that's why I wanted to be the first one to do that. I think it's crazy for me to say, hey, Steve, you need to teach a Bible study. And then you look at me and say, well, how many are you teaching, Pastor? And I said, oh, no, no, I'm talking to you. Some of you, Right now, you're teaching some Bible studies. In fact, some of you are in Bible studies. I'm thankful for that. That, that, that. that daddy emperor penguin, he's sitting there with that egg on his, on his feet and that flap of skin over there, and he's been there for weeks, and all his body fat is going away, and, and he's freezing because he's lost the, the blubber and the fat that keeps him warm and, and, and he's doing everything he can to keep that, that egg warm and you have to imagine in his mind he's saying this 